Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real-life tales of the unexplained. Monsters at Midnight, The Revenge. Episodes of Monsters upload on a bi-weekly format every other Tuesday. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. On today's episode, let's get reintroduced. Hi, I'm Matt, and I love movies. This is 100 of my favorites, the second part. So, without further ado, lock your doors, bolt your windows, and turn out the lights. Monsters at Midnight, the motherfucking revenge, rides again. Hoping this video, or this video, this podcast finds you in good spirits. I'm having a good day. I just uh, received my MIDI keyboard that I ordered because I want to start making music. I know nothing about what goes into making music, but I'm just going to fuck around with it until something happens. So I am in a great mood. But that's enough about me. Let's talk more about me. <laughs> uh, going to continue off our list, finish off our list of my list of top 100 favorite films. Not movies I necessarily think are the best of all time, although there are some in here that I do consider uh, to be some of the greatest movies of all time. These are my personal favorites. Uh, going to be going number 49 to number 1 today. So we're going to answer the question of what my favorite movie of all time is. A couple of things uh, coming off of the last episode. Uh, the first thing is I forgot to mention that I tried to not put uh, a whole lot of sequels in this list. Um, there are a couple, uh, but it, it, it was difficult. I tried to typically keep these things to one per franchise um i just feel that streamlines things a little bit and also um makes uh it kind of paints the broad stroke that if i like one of these movies t typically i also like the other movies in the series there are a few exceptions of sequels i do have on this list because they are either a so important to me or are just worthy of being on this list uh along with uh sometimes along with the original entry in general um but that's just more my personal preference um i also if it's like a sequel in name only or like just um sort of a, a continuation of the same franchise not like a direct sequel i considered those as well which is going to be a couple cases here uh, second order of business, I, listening back to the episode, realized I used the word phenomenal and uh, variations of such uh, entirely too often. I'm not going to make any promises to be better, but I think we can turn this into a fun drinking game. Every time I start to use the same word too often, take a drink. So, we've wasted enough time here. Let's get into it. This is the bottom half, I guess the top half, rather, of my top 100 favorite films. Number 49 is Help, the Beatles film, Help. Screwball comedy all about how uh, Ringo Starr gets 
a ring that belongs to a sacrificial cult stuck on one of his fingers, and antics ensue as multiple people chase down the Beatles trying to get that ring, or, and in the case of this cult, trying to sacrifice Ringo. Um, exceptionally funny. A lot of nostalgia for this movie. The music, of course, is great. Um, the album Help by the Beatles is a favorite of mine from their catalog. Uh, so the music is great. Uh, the gags land. There's a lot of physical humor, visual gags, witty banter. Um, this idea of the sacrificial cult might be a bit insensitive, uh, probably a bit uh, whitewashed, but it did, this uh, movie came out in 1963. Uh, but I just I laugh my ass off every single time I see this movie. I think it is exceptionally funny, and I have a very close place, uh, is very close to my heart because I've been watching it since I was a very young kid. Check it out if you have not, uh, especially if you're a fan of the Beatles. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Number 48, Black Christmas. I'm not going to say too much about this. Uh, I went into nauseating detail about why I love this movie so much and why I think it's such an effective horror movie in my Black Christmas old versus new versus newer episode. Check that out for more thoughts there, but this movie is fantastic. One of the uh, forerunner, uh One of the... Uh, uh, great grandfathers, forerunners of the slasher genre, uh, evocative, intense, scary, visually very uh, stunning, uh, very uh, creepy little movie. Number 47, Scream. I fucking love the first Scream. Uh, I love all the Scream movies in some sort of capacity, some more than others, but the first Scream is awesome. Great characters, great chemistry with the characters. Uh, very smart, savvy social com or not social commentary, but uh, uh, I guess pop culture commentary on the state of horror films. Um, cool movie uh, that uh, it pays uh, ex explicit reverence to the slasher movie classics of the 70s and 80s, while putting its own fun twist on it, while being sort of like a Scooby-Doo uh, murder mystery as well. Gnarly violence. Infinitely quotable uh, is the first Scream movie. If you have not seen and you're a horror movie fan, you are sleeping on it. It is a horror movie fan's wet dream. Uh, and it walks the fine line of doing meta commentary really well and really engaging and really smart without being too, uh, like, pretentious or in your face or, like, sneering or snobbish. Uh, the first Scream rules. Big fan. Big fan. I've got a sneeze coming on. All right, it's gone. <laughs> uh, number 46, John Woo's Face Off. Uh, this movie is batshit and so good. Uh, if you were unaware, uh, the concept is John Travolta plays an FBI agent. Nicolas Cage plays a terrorist. Uh, Nicolas Cage has planted a bomb somewhere in Los Angeles. However, uh, a confrontation with John Travolta's character leaves him comatose, and the only person that knows the location of this bomb is Nicolas Cage's character's brother, who is in prison. So John Travolta goes under this extensive plastic surgery to uh, look and sound exactly like Nicolas Cage, go undercover, try and find the whereabouts of this bomb. However, while he's in prison undercover, the real Nicolas Cage wakes up, 
forces the doctors to perform the same surgery on him, so he ends up looking like FBI agent John Travolta. This movie is so batshit. The best kind of just off-the-rails action movie lunacy. Um, of course, you've got uh, John Woo's stylistic ballet of violence. Two hands, two guns, jumping sideways, doves, sparks flying, explosions. But you also have the sheer delight of John Travolta and Nicolas Cage trying to out-act each other and, like, impersonate each other. You have Nicolas Cage as himself going the full cage uh, within the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. And then you are you get the added bonus of John Travolta essentially impersonating the full cage. A delightfully eccentric, over-the-top action movie. Highly recommended. If you... Oh, excuse me. If you are uh, have not seen this movie, it is well worth the watch. It's a little long. It's a little overly long, but... So it's a cool movie because then you get into the dynamics of uh, sort of walking a mile in the other person's shoes. Uh, John Travolta, as Nicolas Cage, learns about the real John Travolta's, or excuse me, learns about, well, whatever. The Both characters learn a lot about what the other person has going on in their personal life, and a respect grows, and uh, it almost comes down to this, like, uh, sort of pseudo-Western uh, finale where uh, these two men on other sides of the law uh, form an understanding and a respect for each other but still want each other dead. Uh, great movie. <laughs> really worth I'm going to take his face off. <laughs> so good. Number 45, Brian De Palma's Blowout. Uh, this movie is absolutely incredible. I have not seen it in a few years, so my memories are a little foggy on it, but... It left that much of an impact on me. I knew it had to be on this list. Uh, this movie is incredible. It's, uh, it tells the story, again, John Travolta movie. It tells the story of John Travolta, who plays a Foley artist for films. And one day when he is out doing a field recording, uh, he accidentally records what turns out to be a political assassination. And a deadly game of cat and mouse ensues. This movie is breathtaking. Brian De Palma, uh, De Palma is a great visionary uh, director. Uh, really cool use of editing and sound and uh, direction in this movie. Uh, really intense start to finish that all culminates into this deeply haunting and uh, heartbreaking finale. Really cool movie. Really worth checking out. Number 44, Big Trouble in Little China. The first, I believe this is the first appearance of my favorite director. I think so. John Car uh, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Again, this is a movie that I haven't seen in years, but I just remember the feeling I had watching it. This is just such a fun movie. Uh, Kurt Russell, the fucking man, always playing these weird, larger-than-life characters. And in this movie, he's just kind of hapless and dopey. And it's just incredible funny and uh, quotable um, all about this uh, supernatural battle between good and evil um, about this search for this lady with emerald green eyes and the gags are hilarious this uh, blending of 
adventure movie and martial arts film and science fiction and fantasy is it's so john carpenter and so wacky and so off the wall but deeply entertaining start to finish one of those like it's one of the like cultiest of cult movies it has something for everyone if you are into weird offbeat off the wall movies Number 43, Robert Rodriguez's Desperado. I had to go back and forth whether... This is where I started to make concessions on sequels. Whether or not to put El Mariachi versus Desperado on the list. I think at the end of the day, I like Desperado a little bit more. It is essentially the story of uh, this uh, Mariachi-turned-assassin who is killing up the food chain of bad guys uh to get revenge for the death of his loved one spoiler for el mariachi but i mean this movie is kind of standalone this movie is sort of like the evil dead 2 to el mariachi where it is essentially the same movie but like uh kind of a sequel and uh kind of a reboot simultaneously but this movie is just a lot of fun antonio banderas has a lot of charisma selma hayek is phenomenal um great mid-90s action definitely robert rodriguez is definitely a student of john woo so there is a lot of incredible shootouts in it uh just like a sleek sexy action movie from the mid-90s with that uh dimension edge to it that i always love uh love robert rodriguez's work uh this one also great even though it is sort of in the middle of this list Number 42, True Romance. Uh, Quentin Tarantino written, Tony Scott directed, absolutely in, endearing, lovable crime romance movie. All about a uh, comic book geek and his prostitute girlfriend turned wife who were on the run when they abs uh, accidentally absconded with a suitcase full of blow and they're chased across the country trying to offload the product by the people who it belongs to you can tell this is a personal movie for tarantino just given uh the character of Cl christian slater clearly being a self-insert um, but it's just a fun, sweet road movie with a lot of horrific Tarantino violence and just absolutely crazy Tarantino lunatics in it as well. Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, Gary Oldman, they all steal the show. Uh, not to mention Val Kilmer as a sort of uh, apparition of Elvis that appears to uh, Christian Slater's character, Clarence Worley when he is uh, sort of hyping himself up in these moments. Um, delectable movie. Absolutely uh, stunning. Visually stunning. Tony Scott is a great director, uh, and he does write by this uh, script. Uh, wonderful movie. Number 41, a goofy movie. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, m this is just absolute nostalgia. This movie is just so sweet and charming. And more and more I'm realizing, I guess I really like road movies a lot, although I don't think of that very often. Uh, the story of Goofy and his uh, sort of his sort of uh, cavalier, too cool for his dad, son Max, and the road trip they go on uh, in the hopes that Goofy tries to win him back, try to make sure he doesn't go down a, uh, a bad path. It's just a sweet movie. The songs in are are great uh and not only just like the power line stuff that everyone remembers but the actual like musical numbers are so catchy and so likable fun movie great animation uh super cool movie uh 
deep, deep love for it. I have adored this movie ever since I was a little kid. Uh, would happily watch it any day, uh, even now. Number 40, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13. Nail-biting, intense, pitch-black thriller about this... Uh, this precinct in LA that is being moved to a new location that sort of has a skeleton crew, um, that is then, um, basically laid siege upon by this gang, uh, th these various gangs due to the death of one of their members, um, intense nail biting start to finish uh already got that pitch black edge that uh john carpenter uh is known for where you really root for these characters because you truly don't know who's going to make it out alive um it seems like especially from the beginning when that infamous scene that ever if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about happens you really know that everything is everything's on the table no one is safe uh John Carpenter wears his influences of Rio Bravo and Night of the Living Dead on his sleeve in this movie, and it works infinitely well, being this urban take on, like, uh, a siege story. Uh, great movie. Uh, very inspiring as a hope, uh, uh, an aspiring uh, filmmaker to see something of this scale done with such a low budget. Very cool. Number 39, Dirty Harry. I fucking love Dirty Harry, and... Again, sort of like with Fight Club, I don't want to tell people how to like their movies, but I think this movie is actually more important now than it was in the 70s when it was sort of this, uh, sort of this angry, uh, blue-collar fist-at-the-sky, uh, take on, uh, new waves of violence happening in the country i think this movie is a really scary tale nowadays of two people who are infinitely warped and realize that they and what's so cool to me is that like in this movie dirty harry has no illusions of being a hero he is just tired and broken and is doing what he sees as just but by the end of the film he realizes that he is no better than the criminal that he's been pursuing uh, so that in, in a, of itself makes it a super fascinating character piece that i think a lot of people sleep on because the movie itself is just so entertainingly thrilling it is dark it is depraved it is intense start to finish there are some moments i saw this movie probably way too young there are some moments in this movie that absolutely horrified me and still get under my skin to this day it is well worth a watch um and i think uh really kind of cool how you can reinterpret things over the passage of time too because especially given everything with uh with uh the media and uh the way uh we the way we as a society see the police force now i think this movie is a really fascinating watch number 38 john carpenter's escape from new york love this movie love 80s future love this idea of um new york 
the entire island of Manhattan being turned into this maximum security prison. Uh, it leads to some really great action sequences. Kurt Russell, again, just being the fucking man, the coolest motherfucker on the planet as Snake Plissken. whole cast is wonderful. Adrian Barbeau, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, Donald Pleasance. Uh, wonderful, wonderful movie. Great soundtrack. Uh, cool visuals. Exciting. Uh wonderful movie if you are a fan of like dystopian sci-fi it's worth a check it's worth a check yeah sure why not number 37 david lynch's blue velvet kind of went into this one again on uh my david lynch and deadly premonition episode haunting disturbing uh but also kind of romantic and poetic and beautiful neo-noir crime thriller uh, with some warped eroticism thrown in as well. Kyle MacLachlan is great. Isabella Rossellini is great. Dennis Hopper is fucking incredible and so scary in this movie. Well worth a watch. Number 36, It Follows. I'm always hard-pressed to answer the question of what movie... I, what horror movie I think is scariest because that's subjective and things affect me differently at different times. What I can say concretely, concretely, concrete, whatever, I'm fucking, I, I'm still not good at this whole podcasting thing. What I can say definitively is It Follows fucked me up when I first saw it. The way it uses tension and s sounds and the soundtrack and the idea of just being stalked by this unknown killer, this, uh, to some people, unseen killer, was deeply frightening to me. I love that it has a deep reverence for the works of John Carpenter, not only in the soundtrack, but in the visuals of this film as well. I love the characters a lot in it, and I just love this creepy, clawing feeling of dread I get every time I watch it because of this idea of this thing just follows you, and it wants you dead. Uh, yeah. Sends shivers right down my dick and spine. <laughs> Fucking delete me. Number 35, The Breakfast Club. Love The Breakfast Club. Iconic 80s comedy drama about a group of misfits who are stuck in detention on a Saturday morning and realize that they may not be so different after all. It's, it's... It's as Amer it's as American as a movie as you can get. It is iconic. The soundtrack is legendary. The characters are so wonderful and so likable. And even in like Paul Gleason's character as a principal, just like there's something to love about every aspect of this movie. If you have not seen it, it's hard recommending this movie because you really need to see it at, a, at the right time in your life. Um, I saw it when I was in high school, so it hit for me. Uh, if you were to see it for the first time now, you, you, your mileage may vary, but it is a wonderful movie and should be seen. It should be like required viewing, I feel like. Um, I don't believe in required viewing, but it should be taught in schools. It is just that good of a movie. Number 34, Tim Burton's fucking Batman, dude. This movie rules. 
I recently watched uh, Kevin Smith's like commentary. I forget who he does the commentary with, but I recently watched his uh, commentary on this movie, and they're just fucking gatekeeping and crybabying about how this isn't their Batman. This movie's bullshit. And like, I did get some laughs out of it, but I was just like annoyed because this movie is so cool. This movie is just an in- Tim Burton's interpretation of Batman. Like, and if that's gonna really piss you off that much, then like, you shouldn't be watching movie adaptations of anything that you like because this movie just it does its own thing it's gothic it's stylish it's gorgeous looking it's funny it's twisted it's dark michael keaton fucking rules as batman he's still my favorite batman jack jack nicholson is literally the perfect casting as the joker heath ledger is wonderful and i probably prefer him as the joker but like at the time jack nicholson was the fucking most brilliant casting for that role the soundtrack by good old danny elfman the fucking rules uh, it's just uh it's it like it's batman through the lens of tim burton if i haven't sold you on it and you haven't seen it then it's not for you fuck it it's so good love batman returns as well but i think at the end of the day the first batman does it for me a bit more that prince soundtrack also goes hard in the fucking paint um such a good movie. Such a delightfully fun popcorn superhero movie. Now, just barely edging it out, though, at number 33 is The Batman. Yes, 2022, Matt Reeves, The Batman. I fucking love this movie. This is my favorite Batman movie. If In case you can tell, I'm a big fan of Batman in general. I love the comics. I love the video games. This is my favorite Batman movie. It is dark. It is twisted. It is grounded in reality, but still stylized like a comic book with some uh, costuming and set pieces. And it is, as a Batman nerd, this scratched a lot of itches for things that I have always wanted to see in a Batman movie. Uh, the the cast is great. I love Robert Pattinson as this moody-ass Bruce Wayne and Batman. This uh, Bruce Wayne who is still not quite figured out how to be both Bruce Wayne and Batman. I love fucking Colin Farrell as the Penguin, just chewing scenery, having a delight, uh, a delightful time. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is a great Catwoman. Paul Dano is... A little over the top, but he's definitely intimidating and really cool as the Riddler, this, like, new take on the Riddler. I like that this movie is, like, the Batman Batman story by way of Saw and by way of Seven, which was cool. I love, uh, I love fucking Michael Giacchino's soundtrack for it. It's sort of, like, plotting death march anthem that he came up with for the batman theme is so cool great movie um it was my favorite movie of last year i thought this movie is fucking wonderful uh it's yeah no i would happily rewatch it it's a long movie but for me never really feels it's runtime i have a few issues with story structure in it but as soon as that fucking batmobile chase kicks off and the engine's screaming and there's blue flames popping and backlighting the fucking Batmobile. Oh, God. It, it, any qualms I have with that movie are instantly relate, re, re, erased. Excuse me. Ugh. Just so excited about this fucking movie. Can't wait to see what they do with the next one. Number 32, Sin City. 
Sin City is my favorite series of comic books. I love the dark neo-noir edge that they all have. I love the illustrations. I love how brutally violent and uncompromising the stories are. And this movie is literally like just page to screen one-to-one -one adaptation the casting is perfect they all fit the roles so well the stories are just as unfiltered and uncompromising the visuals of this movie are incredible and even for coming out in 2005 this movie still looks wonderful with its black and white and cgi backgrounds and oh god a visual treat if you are into comic books a, you should read Sin City, but B, you need to see Sin City. So fucking good. Number 31, John Carpenter's The Thing. It's This is another one of those movies where it's like, what even can you say about it anymore? Kurt Russell, again, fucking love Kurt Russell. Ghoulish, nightmarish fucking special effects that are so gross, so wonderfully grotesque. A pitch black story of trust and distrust and isolation and cabin fever. Uh, oh God, nihilistic in the best way possible. Um, with one of the gr greatest ambiguous endings of the e of, of the evening. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, great movie. If for somehow you haven't seen it, you gotta. It's it's iconic. Number thirty, Scarface. I. Another movie that never feels its runtime. I will never get sick of Scarface. I love the woozy, coked out, feverish, hot, sweaty vision of early 80s Miami and this almost Shakespearean tragedy of this character's rise and fucking just at, like plummeting downfall. Uh, Al Pacino's crowning achievement performance as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the soundtrack is legendary. The uh, It's just such a cool movie. Um, dark. I like a lot of dark movies. That's another word I used too much in the last episode. And I know I'm reusing it again. So drink up, homies. Cautionary Tale. Very cool gangster movie. Um, if I'm going to watch a three-hour long gangster movie with Al Pacino, sorry, Godfather. It's going to be Scarface. Number 29, A Nightmare on Elm Street. This is just another one of those horror movies that's just so iconic, so legendary. The idea of Freddy Krueger is so is simultaneously so likable and and detestable and horrifying and it all comes down to Robert Englund's phenomenal characterization of him. The characters in it are great. Heather Langenkamp is one of my favorite quote-unquote final girls. Uh, Johnny Depp is also a lot of fun in this movie. The the nightmare gags and sequences are simultaneously funny and creepy and scary, and this movie is just a delight. And it, uh, it's a great looking movie. I I love. It has this like it's so colorful. It's so vivid. It feels like it just it's got like that pop new wave uh, mid '80s sensibility to it just from the visuals alone, uh, coupled with. The incredible synth uh, synthesized score by, I believe, Charles Bernstein. Um, come on, come on, come on, come on. Where, 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 where? Charles Bernstein, I was right. Okay. Yeah, it's just great. Never sleep again. So good. 
Number 28, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Legendary stop-motion movie that any kid with any sort of goth sensibility is going to latch onto. Of course, this movie has a big place in my heart. Saw it at a very young age, adored it, loved it so much, watched it on repeat, learned it uh, about Oingo Boingo through this movie. This was my introduction to Danny Elfman, so a lot of nostalgia there. But on top of it, it's just such a sweet spooky funny little movie uh, i love the characters in it so much it is infinitely quotable me and my sister if we muted this movie could probably quote the whole thing uh love it love it love it there's not a whole lot else i can say about it other than and well i can say that also the animation is phenomenal it's some of the best stop motion animation to ever have been done uh, i love this movie great i had the i got to go see it uh live uh in la with uh danny elfman and uh billy eilish and weird al and that was fucking astounding number 27 major league this is another one that I had a lot of nostalgia for but i try to rewatch this movie uh every year around uh spring season for a uh, baseball uh and i fucking love this movie um the characters it's all about if you are unfamiliar with this movie, it's all about the owner for the Cleveland Indians dies and leaves uh, the team to his showgirl wife who wants to get attendance so low that they can sell the team and relocate to Miami. And so to do that, she brings in like the D-listers, the people, the all the has-beens and never-will-bees, as is pointed out in the movie, to make like the worst team in MLB history is essentially, but because it's a sports movie, they they band together and try to prove her wrong. But this movie is so fucking funny. I, another one that me and my dad will just quote endlessly till we're blue in the face. Love Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, uh, Dennis Haysbert. Great cast, great characters, all of them likable with their own personalities. The the jokes land consistently. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Always will be. You don't even need to like baseball to watch this movie, which I think is cool. Um, the, the one thing about this movie that doesn't work is the romantic subplot. It's kind of lame and hokey and very late 80s, but it it's a it's just a blast. Uh, it always makes you be. It always puts me in that like springtime mindset every time i watch it i feel like i feel like the air is getting warmer when i watch this movie great movie love it number 26 clue the movie absolutely adore this movie this is another one that i've had a fondness for ever since i was a young kid um it's just great cast great chemistry the, the jokes work so well, and you would never expect it in a movie that's based off a board game. But the story's also really solid, too. A lot of it just... And it's, kind of a, it's kind of a thin plot, but it works. And a lot of it just comes down to how well these actors uh, carry this material. Tim Curry... Michael McKean, Christopher Lloyd, Leslie Ann Warren, Madeline Kahn, Eileen Brennan, Martin Mull. It's just, they're all so funny. They all have their own moments. Love this movie. This is another one that my sister and I could quote it entirely if you just muted the film. It's just a delightful movie. Um, watching it with that home, vid home video release with all three endings is always fun, too. It is a delightful movie. 
Um, I want to check out that uh, now that the like fan documentary about it is getting more wide release. I want to check that out because I've always been fascinated about this movie and would like to hear more like uh, firsthand accounts about it. Number 25, we've cracked the top quarter here. How How's our runtime looking? Eh, not too bad. Number 25, Night of the... Li Oops, sorry, Mike Bump. Mike Bump. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. This is the first movie that, like, scared me shitless. I watched this movie at a family friend's Halloween party. It was projected in their backyard onto a bedsheet, and I was fucking terrified. Uh, this movie is essentially super important to me due to its like formation of me as a horror film fan um and it also just entirely creepy and unintentionally socio-politically uh important as well <laughs> i say unintentionally because famously the fact that a lead black actor was cast uh at the time was simply because he gave the best audition but that adds unintentionally adds all these different layers to the story that are still relevant to this day uh it is the birth of the zombie genre as we know it it is important to me it is important to cinema jordan peele pointed out that there's a direct through line from night of the living dead to get out and it's absolutely true this movie is this movie is essential viewing if you are a horror fan. Number 24, Back to the Future. I toyed with... I mean, I, realistically, you could put the whole trilogy here. Because I think Back to the Future 2 might be my favorite. I go back and forth, but I'm just going to say Back to the Future. and With the idea that it's kind of all of them. Um, classic story. Uh... I say classic story, but it's like, you don't really hear it as, as a classic. This teenager who hangs out with his mad scientist friend that invented a time machine, goes back in time, accidentally prevents his parents from falling in love, and then he has to remedy that so he can continue to exist. It's a delightful movie. Uh, so many of the time travel ideas that i love are done so well in this trilogy the characters are great mart uh, uh i almost said marty mcfly no mike michael j fox bleh, and christopher lloyd have great chemistry deeply funny movie deeply sweet and exciting movie it captures my childhood wonder every time i watch it number 23 this movie the movie that made me want to be a storm chaser twister I fucking love this movie, and the fact that it's getting a sequel is kind of amazing to me. Uh, R.I.P. to the GOAT. The, uh, the extreme Bill Paxton. I miss that man so much. Delightful story about a ragtag group of uh, storm chasers uh, who are facing the, the, the most legendary bout of twisters in, uh, in Oklahoma that has ever been ca documented. Uh, with this uh, experimental equipment that they're trying to get up into a tornado to a monitor and a study and uh, learn more about tornadoes. It's a silly movie, but what ties it together is the characters. Deeply quotable, deeply fun. It is an exciting popcorn summer blockbuster. 
Um, with some good special effects that still hold up really well. Like, the tornadoes look really good in this movie and all the debris and shit. And it sounds great, too. Uh, with deep, rumbling sound effects that they came up with for uh, the uh, the tornadoes, which I think I remember, be- throwback to sabbatic days, I think I remember learning that it was like a, like a camel slowed, a camel, like, doing whatever a camel does slow down or something like that some crazy shit but wonderful movie it's not gonna please everyone because like it is it's a stupid movie but it's it's just so infinitely fun a great roller coaster ride of a movie number 22 reservoir dogs love this movie um i it's iconic if you're a tarantino fan it's iconic. Even if you're not, it's kind of iconic at this point. Uh, the heist movie where you never see the heist, where no one trusts each other. And again, phenomenal script, phenomenal dialogue. Uh, oh, there it is. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, wonderful cast, wonderful characters. Uh, just, and it's, it's so good. It's so good. I, I some of these movies, I'm getting to the point where it's like I don't even know what to say because they're so iconic and like larger than life. It was like, what am I gonna say to make you, to like justify it being on this list or convince you that you need to see it? Number twenty one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, love this movie. Uh, this movie is really interesting because it eschews the format of the first two films and uh, first off, like broadens the scale, makes it take place in the entirety of new york city but also keeps the pacing up a lot uh the first two diehards start a little bit slower they're more suspenseful first diehard once as soon as that bookstore blows up it goes and it goes and it never fucking stops like this movie is a goddamn rush and i just think it's so i love it's so well crafted i love the idea in the first like three diehard movies where you also you spend time with the terrorists with the criminals and you you see every step of their operation and what they need to go through to succeed in their plans and Jeremy Irons as Simon Gruber is so infinitely likable and detestable. Uh, Bruce Willis is in full, <laughs> full fuck this shit mode in this movie. Samuel Jakes, uh, Jackson, Samuel Jackson is a great counterpart uh, part to him. Wild ride, love this movie. Number twenty, Toy Story, uh, iconic animated film. Um, sweet, funny. Classic uh, childhood uh, obsession of mine that I still hold with reverence to this day. Even though animation's still kind of looking janky, uh, this movie is wonderful and always makes me very, very happy whenever I watch it. Number 19, Casino Royale. Uh, my favorite of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. My second favorite James Bond movie. This movie is intense, dark, exciting, thrilling, uh, sexy, adventurous, heartbreaking, morose. Uh, a great introduction. And just brutal, too. A great introduction to Daniel Craig's take on Bond, who I think he's uh, still one of the best uh, James Bonds that we've ever seen. Great cast with Ava Green and uh, Mads Mikkelsen as well. Uh, delightful movie. One of the best James Bond movies, uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least. 
Number 18, American Psycho. Uh, one of the funniest movies I've seen that I don't think people realize is supposed to be funny. Uh, this movie's biting satire of materialism and corporate uh, cor corporate businesses of the 1980s just lands so well for me, on top of it being a gnarly and grotesque uh horror film and psychological thriller as well. One of the best examples of an unreliable narrator in a film I have ever seen. I, whenever people see this movie for the first time and I talk about it with them, they always ask me, like, did any of that happen? And that's the brilliance of it. Uh, in my opinion, I think most of it happens. It's just the the who and the when and the why is all jumbled up because in this universe everyone dresses the same everyone acts the same no one knows who anyone is and that just leaves a deeper confusion and theories that you could craft about this movie and i I've always think i'm going to think that this is christian bale's best performance he just owns this role absolutely and uh yeah well worth a watch i fucking love american psycho Number 17 is going to be my favorite James Bond movie, License to Kill. Timothy Dalton's run as James Bond, he's my favorite James Bond. It is uh, heartbreakingly short-lived, but I think he just absolutely kills the role. He has the darkness and sophistication that you expect from the like the James Bond we got in Ian Fleming's novel. He is sophisticated, he is classy, but he is a ruthless killer that has no second thoughts and also no illusions of who he is in the grand scheme of things. And I want to shake the hands of whoever decided that they were going to do a James Bond revenge movie by way of, like, a Miami Vice episode in this, like, coked-out, late-80s uh, drug cartel thriller with a revenge twist to it. Absolutely adore this movie. Um, it is my favorite, which is a hot take, um, but I just, I could watch this movie any day of the week. I've actually got two posters for this movie, uh, because I ordered one from eBay, and the other, and the guy selling it had, like, a, a different variant of it with a tear in it. He was like, you want me to just throw it in for free? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. So I've got two posters for this movie in my apartment. Love this movie. Probably not the best place to start if you're trying to get into the James Bond series, but... Is fucking great. Number 16, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. This is another one that's like just transcended beyond the realms of just being like one of my favorite movies. It's like, what can you even say about this movie? Legendary, visually arresting, haunting, uh, intense. Uh, from the master of suspense comes one of his greatest suspenseful pieces. Wonderful movie. Iconic score. Haunting. Brilliant. That twist. Still one of the best in cinema. Number 15. First Blood. Fucking love First Blood. Um, it is by far and away my favorite out of the Rambo movies. Um, because again, this is another series where after the first one they started to miss the point. Um, just a... Uh, a haunting character study of a deeply troubled person uh, coming back from the Vietnam War uh, with no congratulations or gratitude. And it ends up in a small town that 
pushes him to his breaking limit and decides to wage a private war against the police. Uh, it is intense. It is sort of a survivalist thriller. Um, the action in this movie is more understated than the late, excuse me, than the later entries, but it is uh, more grounded in realism and more powerful as a result. Uh, the final monologue that Sylvester Stallone has at the end of the movie always is heartbreaking to me. Um, Brian Dennehy is a great villain in this movie. Uh, wonderful soundtrack by Jerry Goldsmith. I wish that soundtrack was more readily available anywhere because I would love to pick that soundtrack up on vinyl. It's a great movie. It is an absolute action movie classic. And probably not what a lot of people think of when they think of Rambo, which is ironic, but what are you going to do? Number 14, Drive. Nicholas Winding Refn, Ryan Gosling. When I saw this movie in high school, I lost my fucking mind. I thought it was the coolest shit ever, and it still kind of is. I love this deep, lonely romance uh, that forms between Ryan Gosling and... Oh, uh, what is her name? And uh, Carrie Mulligan's character. Um, the stunt work in it is incredible. This neo-noir uh, crime thriller is brutal and pitch black and unforgiving and but it's all done with this dreamy stylish edge that evokes something like Michael Mann's Thief but I think this movie is it oh is something much more than just being like a knockoff of Thief a lot of people like to compare this movie to Thief for some reason love this movie I bought a pair of driving gloves after I saw it. That's how fucking cool I thought this movie is. And I still think this movie is cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Number 13, Mandy. A movie that was seemingly tailor-made for me. I fucking love Mandy. And we've talked about it a lot on the podcast as well. Uh, go back and listen to, I believe, and I accidentally re-uploaded it because I was fucking around with the file and uh, didn't... Either way, I accidentally re-uploaded it, so you should be able to find it fairly easy, fairly easily. I think it's our favorite horror movies of the decade. Me and Joel Lynn did back in 2020. Um, brutal, dark, revenge, neon acid trip of a fucking movie with Nicolas Cage giving one of his best performances in a film. Uh, a fever dream by way of an 80s horror movie. So good. Number 12, Rocky. Forever my favorite Sylvester Stallone movie. This movie is a great... A lot of people don't realize that the first Rocky is, is just a great, simple character piece about this down-on-his-luck guy who has a chance to go the distance, and that's all he's ever wanted. There's a lot of genuine human moments in this movie. The real snowfall on Philadelphia streets at the beginning of the movie when Rocky and Spider Rico are just sitting in silence in the same locker room. Uh, all the times that Rocky tries to make Adrian laugh with a stupid joke. It's just a human, lovable movie. Um, the few things don't work about it, but are kind of forgivable. Uh, like, the idea of Apollo Creed representing, like, uh, the media is n uh, being, like, this larger-than-life movie monster, essentially, is kind of overblown. But Apollo Creed is fucking great. I love Carl Weathers in that role. 
there's some dated aspects to it, some problematic aspects to it that I know people can't get over. Um, and that's perfectly valid. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, as we would see with the entire series, uh, Rocky, the film character and the series would kind of be a one-to-one reflection of Sylvester Stallone, the man. And this it just shows where he was in his life, warts and all, flaws and all. All I, de- I have a deep love of this movie. And you can't mention this movie without mentioning the absolutely legendary Bill Conti soundtrack, which I have on vinyl, courtesy of my mother. As my mother collected cool movie soundtracks. Number 11, Raiders of the Lost Ark. My favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. High adventure, iconic characters, and thrills, laughs... Even some chills of the Nazis melting at the end of the movie always fucking scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Another movie that's just... It's just, like, written in the halls of cinema history. You can't, you can't fuck with this movie. This movie is so good. Number 10, From Dusk Till Dawn. This is a weird movie to have this high up on the list, but the more I watch it, the more I just fucking fall in love with this movie. I love the characters of it. I love the script. I love it starts as a pitch black crime thriller and then bait and switches you and then becomes a hard, gory vampire movie. It's just a delightful movie. It takes the best strengths of Robert Rodriguez as a filmmaker, the best strengths of Quentin Tarantino as a screenwriter, and this is honestly my favorite thing that George Clooney has done, too. Uh, I, I think this movie is an absolute delight. It is just it's such a fun movie to sit through. Love it, love it, love it. Number nine, A Clockwork Orange. Oh, God, this movie... I haven't watched this movie in a long time, and I'm due for a revisit. This was this is my favorite book. I don't read much, but what I do re- I do read, but I don't read much. I read this movie in eighth grade, or I read this book in eighth grade, and it blew my fucking mind. I didn't fully understand it, but I kind of did. I was provoked. I was disgusted. I was intrigued, and I saw the movie, and I just felt all those same things all over again with the masterful visuals of Stanley Kubrick and the. F- Beautiful performance by Malcolm McDowell. Uh, wonderful soundtrack as well. Another one that I acquired from my mother. <laughs> I don't think she's ever actually seen this movie, but I, it has a lot of classical music on it, as you probably well know. So she owned the soundtrack for it. Uh, haunting, thought-provoking, violent, disgusting, empowering, important movie about the uh, way violence as a society affects us all and the idea of moral choice it is a delight i mean it's not calling the clockwork orange is a delight is a strange thing to say but um yeah i love this movie number eight evil dead 2 uh, just distills everything that works so well about the first Evil Dead and turns it up to 11. It is gory, it is funny, it is crazy, it is off-the-wall lunacy. As probably my favorite scene in any movie when all of the uh, furniture and the <laughs> mounted deer heads start laughing at Ash. Uh, quotable. Dude puts a fucking chainsaw in his hand. This movie is untouchable for me. I will never get tired of watching this movie. Actually, all these movies coming up, I'll never get tired of. So, number seven, John Carpenter's Halloween. Another one I've talked about ad nauseum, so I'm going to say ingenious in its simplicity. So 
provocative and scary with using the bare minimum of suspense techniques and a legendary soundtrack that just heightens the mood. Showed it to my girlfriend for the first time this past October, and she even thought this weird low-budget movie from the 70s was creepy, so that's a win. Um, I think this movie is great. There's become this new influx of people I've seen that like I think it's overrated or not scary, and I get that to a degree, but... It's just, you gotta put yourself in the mindset. It's 1978, you've never seen anything like this. This movie's fucking chilling. And it gave us one of the most iconic and legendary horror movie bad guys to ever horror movie bad guy, Michael Myers. Number six, who are you gonna fucking call Ghostbusters? Love this movie. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Iconic, quotable, funny, a little creepy. Uh, just, what a weird idea. What of these four dudes and from the Bronx capturing ghosts for people? But man, oh man, does it work! Always going to be one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Love it, uh, and it's just timeless. Like it just works so well. I love it. Absolutely love it. Number five, the movie that taught me about screenwriting, and that's Pulp Fiction. Uh, the first time I watched this movie with my dad, I literally, like, understood what screenwriting was because I was like, okay, there's someone writing this. Someone with a very different voice, different from anything I had ever seen, wrote this movie. And it is very important to me. And on top of it just being a kick-ass movie, this three stories about one story, this weird anthology crime movie that Quentin Tarantino made and the rest is history. Uh, absolutely iconic. Love it. Big inspiration. Number four, Beverly Hills Cop. Absolutely adore this movie. Oh my god. This movie's like comfort food for me. And if I'm having a shit day or I'm in a bad mood or I'm sick or whatever, I put this on, I'll immediately feel better. Eddie Murphy is an absolute legend. He's so funny in this movie. The dialogue, the improv, it all works together so well. In what is pretty much a straightforward, just like crime story, they inject so much life and personality and humor into it. It's hard. It's one of those movies where it's like if I really break down like why it's so high in this list, it is truly because of everything being greater than the sum of its parts. Um, it's just so funny, so likable. Soundtrack's great. You got the Harold Faltermeyer score, and also the licensed soundtrack is wonderful as well. Stirred up by Patti LaBelle. Always gets my ass shaken. So good. Love it. Number three, Die Hard, the first R-rated film I saw. And, the, again, another movie I could watch any day of the week and not be on the edge of my fucking seat like I haven't seen it 800 times. I watched this movie last Christmas, this uh, past Christmas with my sister, and I was doing it for a bit, but, like, every five minutes I would just, I would say, this is just the best. And it is the best. There's, like, always the debate of, like, is Die Hard one of the best action movies? Is Die Hard one of the best Christmas movies? Die Hard is just one of the best movies. No movie can fucking touch the suspense and action and one-liners and funny dialogue and great characters that this movie has. If you have not seen it, you are fucking up, my friend. Get on that shit. Number two, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Love this movie. I, I keep saying that. You're probably fucking wasted if you're actually playing this drinking game. 
Um, this is another movie that is just like, I love movies that make me feel like I have spent a day or a trip with people that I really enjoy. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of those movies. And again, another comfort food movie I can watch any day and like just instantly lift my spirits. It is funny, it is quotable, it is iconic. The characters are instantly likable. John Hughes was a master filmmaker, and this, to me, is his crowning achievement. I think I think he really hit the nail on the head with this slice-of-life, coming-of-age story about this kid who is on the verge of graduating high school and things are moving too fast for him. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you may miss it. And there's a lot of like subtlety to this movie too about these kids that are coming to gra grips with the fact that they're getting older. This is a sweet movie, very funny movie, one that I have a lot of reverence for and hold very dear to my heart. And my favorite film for the time being is the final cut of Blade Runner. Mic bumped again. Sorry about that. I mentioned earlier I am a avid fan of 80s future. I love that uh, the way the culture of the 80s influenced their takes on the future. This is my favorite example of it. I love the cyberpunk edge to it. Because um, I'm not even that big of a sci-fi fan. Um, this is another movie that I just saw at the right time in my life. I was in college. I was taking a philosophy 101 class, one of the few things I actually remember from my time in college. Um, and I just fell in love with it. Fell in love with this dreamy, dystopia, sci-fi detective story. And that's what it is to me the most. It's a cyberpunk detective story. And it's just the coolest thing in the world to me. Vangelis' score is dreamy and haunting and exciting and catchy and legendary. Uh, Harrison Ford is wonderful in it. Rutger Hauer, of course, steals the fucking show. Um, and this idea of what it means to be alive resonated with me because I, was, I saw it at the right time watch, uh, taking that philosophy class. I, I still love that there's a lot that you can interpret yourself from the narrative presented a lot of people always ask me what do you think about 2049 2049 is fine i have a lot of issues with that movie but it, it is a good movie uh and it really comes down to the fact that this movie the first blade runner doesn't hold your hand it has a lot of big ideas that it doesn't telegraph to you and i like the mystery of it i love the mystique of it i love the world of it and it always, it always captures my uh, attention and imagination. I am sucked in uh, every time I start it because it is so dreamlike and so spacey and weird, and but also simultaneously dripping with atmosphere and neo-noir sensibilities. I absolutely adore the final cut of Blade Runner. And that's going to do it. What are some of your favorite movies? I would love to hear about it. So why don't you uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook, or alternatively, you could write me an email at monsters.midnight, spelt incorrectly, at gmail.com. Uh, I also have a Letterbox account, letterbox.com slash Matt Flamingo. If you want to re 
read more reviews about a lot of these movies that I talked about, get more thoughts on things non-horror related, you can follow me over there. So keep watching movies, keep being cool, until next time, my tender lumplings.